R-N-N. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means. Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. Tonight's featured show is Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. Welcome to the Republic News Network for our live national broadcast. You may call me Kelby, and tonight I'm going to be acting as your moderator. The RNN, which stands for the Republic News Network, has been doing this radio show since 2010, and it's always been a friendly introduction for the people of the United States Corporation. Here we go. It's true. The United States is a federal corporation, and their exclusive jurisdiction is in the District of Columbia. The Republic government was simply a bunch of U.S. citizens that, in law, don't have access to the Bill of Rights. And they realized they wanted to be Americans, as our founders and our law provided each and every one of us. See, we've been hard at work since 2008, and since 2010, we have successfully re-inhabited the original government vacated under Lincoln in 1861. I know, it's hard to understand. Don't worry. We are law-abiding, peaceful Americans and very pro-government, and we love our country. You can consider the Republic members are tired of the corruption that we see every day. See, we found in the law that there is two forms of government here on the land, and we did something about it. We are people. Mothers, fathers, sons, daughters. We have families just like you. We simply found some truths, and now we're sharing these important truths with the rest of the world. So get ready to hear things that sound amazing, and get ready to understand that you, too, are about to be a part of history. We welcome each one of you to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel and your republic, if you so choose. But before we go into our broadcast tonight, please bow your head in prayer. Father God, we want to thank you so much for this opportunity to just share information that normally people don't share. I ask that you bless the guests and you bless our speaker, Mr. Dan Apple, and you cover these guys as they're uh, exposing truth. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Mr. Apple, I yield the floor. Well, thank you, Kelby, and uh, thank our listeners for uh, joining, joining us tonight for Connecting the Dots. And tonight I have a minister, a Christian minister, by the name of Matthew Cummings that uh, I met last summer in a friend's home in southwest Montana. And Matthew has an incredibly interesting story to tell, and he has an incredibly interesting uh, perspective on not only the spiritual climate of America today, but also how the political climate is being used to destroy Christianity in the United States and, and to change the way we see the world and the way we see one another. And um, just to let our listeners know, uh, Matthew is a black minister. He has a uh, congregation in Colville, Washington. And uh, Matthew is going to be uh, a speaker on our panel at the Red Pill Expo. He's going to be on a panel called 
All lives matter. We are sick and tired of all the racism and all the the uh, uh, drum beating to try to make people uh, distrust and dislike one another uh, on something as stupid as race. And uh, we are standing up as true patriotic Americans who believe that our country is based on our differences, but we all need to be working together to make sure that this nation survives as a free constitutional republic. And uh, the forces that are aligned against us, uh, even though they talk a great line about how they are trying to point out all the problems uh, with America and straighten them out, what they're doing is trying to create divides between races, between cultures, between people, and exploit those divides in a way that uh, destroys our republic. Uh, Matthew, I welcome you to the show. Uh, I, I really enjoyed our conversation that we had last summer uh, in Montana, and I would like to share with our listeners all the information that you have to to uh, give our listeners and so i will start this by saying um i thank you uh for being one of the people speaking on behalf of christians of all colors and nationalities that recognize the miracle known as america uh welcome to the show and um, Matthew, please uh, tell our listeners a little about yourself, and then we'll get into the discussion of your childhood um, early in Detroit. And Mr. Happ, I don't see him on the uh, board at this point. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we might have lost him. Um, well, um, I, will, um, I will continue to speak. Hopefully we can get him uh, back up because his message is absolutely... Uh, absolutely phenomenal. I think it's very important that we hear what this gentleman uh, has to say because he grew up in the midst of a really unique time frame in America uh, where the school systems were being uh, literally manipulated to create a whole different culture than what our traditional American culture is based on. Um, so uh, I will, uh, uh, Kelby, I am going to try to uh, get back and contact Matthew and see if we can get him back on the call. Not a, not a problem. I'll keep everybody at bay for you and uh, and help um, <laughs> help people to understand uh, uh, modern day Christianity in, in in the United States of America. If you want to go ahead and do that in the background, um, you know. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, not a problem. One of the uh, one of the things that a lot of people and a lot of pastors are really working towards um, striving to teach is uh, the anti-segregation of church and state, because a lot of them don't understand. A lot of them think um, because they, in fact, have become a 501c3 uh, church and the, the governing officials say that you can't uh, talk hate, meaning you can't speak about one uh, Democratic uh, Party or one Republican Party, or you can't talk about homosexuality, or you can't talk about these things, and or um, because of that the, that line that's been drawn with the elements of the sec, uh, the uh, separation of church and state, which is originally from a letter from Thomas Jefferson, where he was just simply writing a letter 
to an individual, and it was more for the protections of that individual um, and their rights to practice any religion that they want. And so in backgrounding it, um, are you back, Daniel? Yes, I am. Uh, thank you, Kelby. I, I don't want to interrupt if you're in the middle of something fairly uh, I was just yeah, give me give me about a minute or or what have you. I'll be uh, just done with this short um, introduction on uh, the truth about the separation of church and state, which I'm sure this pastor would love to go into as well. Oh, he but, would love to. Yeah, but the bottom line is um, Thomas Jefferson had zero intention to uh, keep the church out of the state. As a matter of fact, um, I personally invested my time to look into the law, and I found that there was a law written by Congress and passed that the Capitol building would be used, in fact, for church services. So, um, and, and during that time, in the beginning stages of our, of our, our great country, America, uh, between 1776 and, and, and 1801, um, not only were they having church service in the Capitol building, but they, in fact, made it a law. So I don't think it was ever the intention, if, if, if you are the ACLU or you some uh, um, anti uh, uh, church or anti-prayer uh, 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 in public school, I think there's been a complete shift uh, and mindset shift of, unfortunately, the United States citizens uh, that they, don't, they do not, in fact, understand that that's not the principles of what our country was founded on. And, and we did enjoy worshiping uh, of our God in, in public venues such as school and the Capitol building and so forth. That's it, Daniel. I'll yield the floor back to you. All right, so I'm going to keep going. Um, so the point, uh, I, I love to make that story um, correct for people and getting their mind straightened out. And as a matter of fact, if uh, um, anybody has any interest on um, the work that was done so they can share it with their pastors, uh, we'd be more than happy to. You can simply send an email to um, RRB uh, or send it to admin at Republic of the United States.org, and we'll be more than happy to respond with uh, the information pertaining to the separation of church and state and the factual data that's behind it. Our country and our laws do not support it. As a matter of fact, Public Law 97-280 under Ronald Reagan in 1984 um, says the Bible is, in fact, the Word of God, and your obedience to it means you're obeying federal law, um, which has is, is been a complete shift during the last couple of administrations, not so much this administration, um, but they're very much looking forward to uh, incorporating back, hopefully, into the schools um, prayer. And uh, really what this country needs is, is a God-supporting body politic of people and a, and a people supporting their nation with God. Um, and that's uh, something that our nation was, in fact, founded on, written deep into the laws by our Congress, and uh, media now, of course, um, doing everything that they can to distort the truth of the intention of our founders. And it's it's one of the exciting things that uh, we have in law that a lot of people don't know about. Are you back, Dan? I think he's I'm still back. out there, Don. No, I'm, All right, I'm there back. You, yep. There, there okay. you go. I yield. Okay, thank you. Um, I, uh, I want to uh, uh, get Matthew into the discussion. Matthew, I don't know if uh, you heard the introduction that I gave uh, for you, but I mentioned that uh, you are uh, a gentleman, a black minister, who is 
trying to put an end to all the the uh, silly, divisive, nasty things that have been going on in this country to try to b- divide us by race, by culture, uh, by uh, virtually every measure that they can to destroy our constitutional republic. And I mentioned the fact that you uh, started out as a, uh, a young student in Detroit uh, with an experiment called a children's community school. And I would love to have you introduce yourself to our listeners, and then let's talk about the uh, children's community school. I don't know if you conferenced him on. He's having trouble getting on, Dan. Uh-oh. Okay. I know he, he uh, when I called him, he said he had uh, tried two different phones, and he was having trouble with both phones. Well, apparently. do me a favor. Do, do me a favor. Send me a text of that man's phone number, and I'll conference him in for us right now. Okay. All right. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. This is... Uh, kind of the roadshow for this evening. But um, I, I do find it interesting that uh, um, we have the disparity of, of pastors across the country that do not have the general knowledge of, of what our founders gave us. And unfortunately, um, I also uh, uh, find it interesting that many of them um, have given their churches over to the state as a registered entity uh, to allow for the state to control um, many of the things in which they are allowed to or not to say under the uh, aspect that they will take away their um, ability to preach under a 501c3 unless they preach certain things or elements. And in this country, uh, under previous administrations, it was moving drastically and quickly towards controlling the speech of, of the church of our country, America. So. It's one of the things to consider as we um, are turning our hearts back to God and, and developing that back into our nation and the founding principles of our nation, um, that we understand the truth of what our founders gave us and we understand the truth of you really shouldn't even allow the state to get between your entity and, and God and allowing the state to govern what you are, in fact, allowed to say or not say. Hang there, folks. Okay, Kelby, I'm I'm uh, I'm back on. All right, I got it. I'm gonna work on it. Okay, thank you, um, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry, we we uh, we don't have usually these kind of problems, uh, but that is a problem with doing radio shows. Uh, that are literally our our staff is scattered all over the country, uh, and we do these programs uh, via telephone conference calls so that it allows a, a large number of us to uh, be in every different uh, place in the country and still be able to participate in these calls. So, uh, Mr. Happel, I am on with us. Oh, wonderful. Okay, Matthew, uh, welcome to the yes. Connecting the Dots yes. show. And uh, I've done a couple of lead-ins for you. Uh, I would like you to introduce yourself to our listeners, and then let's start talking about the uh, Children's Community School 
that you encountered in Detroit. But first, uh, tell our listeners a little about yourself. Speaking. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on, but I'm, I'm not getting anything either. It's, it, he's got an issue on his phone. It just hung up again. I'm going to get him back on the line. Hold on one sec. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, um, we, uh, Pastor Cummins grew up in uh, Detroit, and uh, he was from a, uh, a single-parent family. And uh, in 1969, his mother enrolled him in a school when he was uh, seven years old called the Children's Community School. And um, he has a very interesting uh, background because he was one of the first students in this experimental school that happened to be uh, under the principal of, uh, in a, he, he was the principal of the school was William Ayers, Bill Ayers, uh, who was later uh, the the uh, one of the ringleaders of the Weathermen. And uh, Bill Ayers, um, Pastor Cummins has a lot of knowledge about how they were changing. He's the back on with his Okay, good. But uh, Matthew, uh, I'm, I've been ad-libbing for you here, but uh, to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a, a little about yourself, and then we'll talk about the Children's Community School in Detroit. He's on with us right now. I have no idea what's going on. Okay. Matthew, we're having some problems with your phone. Uh, you know what? Let's get him on the uh, get him on the um, participant line. I'll work on getting him on the participant line. See if that's any different. Then I'll unmute him over there, and I'll be right back. Oh. Okay, okay. I'll continue to uh, ad lib. Uh, in any event, uh, Pastor Cummings was a um, a student a seven-year-old, and he was brought into this uh, school system because his mother believed that it was some kind of a new, uh, really excellent uh, school system that was going to teach young students in an exceptional way and recognize their exceptional abilities. And when, in fact, when uh, the school came into being and they started to... uh, understand what the school was all about. It was teaching collectivism and teaching uh, communism or certainly socialism and uh, teaching that uh, individualism was bad, that uh, American exceptionalism did not exist, and that uh, America uh, was a country that uh, really had taken advantage of the rest of the world and therefore had to be uh, changed from within. And it was exactly the sort of thing that um, I think a lot of people learned about Bill Ayers as a tutor of President Obama. And uh, so uh, Matthew's uh, discussion and his telling the story of what happened 
uh, in the Detroit school system in the children's community school is an excellent, excellent uh, example of how our education system is being has been uh, morphed into something that was never intended by our founders, and it isn't a recent event. It's been going on for uh, just in this example 50 years. And if it's been going on for 50 years, you know it's been going on longer than that. We've had uh, guests on our show who have talked about the uh, programs that were implemented clear back in the 20s that uh, funding from uh, large foundations had put significant amounts of money into the teachers' colleges to uh, teach collectivism and to merge the United States uh, with uh, the Soviet Union, with Marxism, uh, and do it in a way that uh, was almost seamless. And it's been going on for that long. So it's been 100 years we've been uh, reaping, the, uh, reaping the harvest of uh, allowing socialists to take over our education system. So, um, and that is, uh, that in a nutshell, is uh, is what tonight's discussion will be about. I am sorry that uh, we're having all these technical problems, but it does happen from time to time. And um, I know that uh, Matthew Cummings, uh, Pastor Cummings, is very, very interested in making sure that we know that the people that are attacking our Christian heritage and our churches and our schools are all connected, and they are connected in a way that is intent on destroying the American system of government under a constitutional republican form of government and turning us into nothing more than one other country in a global soup of uh, socialist uh, Marxist teachings. So, um, are, are, uh, Matthew, are you on the call yet? Matthew, you on? Yes, I'm on. Ah, wonderful! I'd I love to hear your voice. <laughs> let's let's let you talk instead of me. I've been talking pretty straight here between Kelby and I. We've done a lot of ad lib. Uh, Matthew, introduce yourself to our listeners, and then let's start talking with you about the Children's Community School. Sure, sure. My name is Matthew Cummings. I've been a uh, minister of the gospel for about. 28 years, and uh, have uh, found myself in uh, uh, what I would call an unusual time frame of watching our great nation uh, head down a path of uh, uh, left-wing ideology, um, identity politics, um, uh, what I would call um, gender uh, uh, confusion instead of uh, biblically what it means and uh, am looking forward to uh, working with other uh, constitutional uh, Americans to see things change back to the way our uh, nation was originally intended to be. Good, good. Well, uh, Kelby did a really good uh, lead-in on why uh, religion, why specifically the Christian religion 
uh, was such a central part of our original founding documents. And we'll uh, get into that a little later in the discussion because I know you've got a, a, a lot of vision in that regard. But I want you to tell the very interesting story of your early uh, years as an elementary student and as a young child uh, growing up in Detroit and your uh, uh, introduction to the children's community school system. Sure. Uh, in 1969, uh, I was about seven years old and uh, my mother had been interested in getting me into some type of early education and uh, had been attending the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor uh, uh, and was um, interested in the idea of seeing me uh, progress even though I was a young uh, boy in education and had, got, had befriended some people from University of Michigan, their uh, uh, grad program, and that uh, led to meeting of two uh, very controversial uh, subjects. One, of course, was the infamous Bill Ayers, who became my uh, principal of Children's Community School. He was the founder of that. And the other was uh, uh, one of his lovers, the recruiter who recruited me, which was Diane Alton, uh, who was, uh, both of them were involved with the Weatherman Underground. Bill Ayers was one of the original founders, and Diane Alton was one of the bomb makers for the Weatherman Underground. They recruited me in 1969 and uh, had only one interest, and that was to take a, a young black boy and uh, train him with other uh, uh, young boys in uh, indoctrination into socialism and eventually communism. And uh, everything that is being mentioned today I heard back in 1969 in an open classroom, uh, which is, uh, as I look back now, what a uh, foreteller of what was coming. Uh, for me, it kind of culminated uh, in that school with um, uh, the first day of class. Uh, after being recruited, um, my teacher, Diane Auten, uh, told all of us, about 30, 32 of us, uh, that uh, we no longer had to listen to our parents and uh, was very much um, uh, very uh, uh, intensive of uh, uh, redirecting our thoughts about religion, uh, America, uh, about uh, the different institutions that are today. Everything was spoken against. Uh, during uh, those uh, four to six months that I was in uh, in that school, that children's community school. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, when I think back that uh, for all of us who had young, impressionable minds, what was said to us, uh, just how we were, um, as I would say, uh, uh, basically told that America's not good, uh, Christianity is not good. Uh, being a patriot was not good, and I do mean they mentioned all that in 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 those classrooms. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, just everything that you can think of was actually spoken about during those times. Okay, and and during those classroom 
uh, sessions that you took part in, uh, the things that you're talking about, the uh, uh, fact that they stated that America was bad and that uh, we were um, preying on the rest of the world and all these other things that they were indoctrinating into these young people, uh, they were also, one of the things that stood out in, in my discussions with you and with your mother uh, was that uh, they were... Uh, also uh, working on convincing uh, the students that uh, everything they did was going to be okay and uh, that there would be no grades per se, that yep. everybody was going to receive uh, an equal mark and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all these things that were part of uh, openly part of uh, the communist training systems uh, that were going on at the time in the uh, Soviet Union. Uh, tell us a, a, about some of those uh, some of those sessions and how they were uh, communicating this stuff in class. I know you said they had you sitting around round tables and you were to be part of a team, and yep. uh, individualism was not to be recognized. Yeah, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, you know, one of the main um, uh, uh, purposes for us being uh, uh, put in the open uh, classroom uh, was indeed to develop team, as, as you said. But, uh, you know, when I look at it, uh, individualism was truly being uh, dismantled in all of the kids. Uh, uh, one of the other parts of regard to that was that... Um, you know, uh, uh, competition uh, and individual achievement was really not encouraged, but uh, the idea of, uh, uh, of working together and uh, uh, seeing to it that everyone was uh, uh, considered to be uh, of, of equal, you know, unequal footing. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Um, you know, when I look at, you know, when I look back at that, I realize that none of that really was true, uh, that, um, you know, they were uh, uh, in, in, in one sense giving a false narrative because the real goal was to uh, uh, basically to see our, uh, uh, all of us to be uh, uh, indoctrinated into uh, a Marxist and communist way of thinking, and um, you know, um, once you're able to get young minds, as what was happening there, to a place where, uh, uh, you know, in fact, you'll hear, you've heard before, it takes a community, you know, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. All that right. was being mentioned back then, and uh, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, it, it, you know, I came home from that first day of class and just the idea of, uh, of everything that my mom had been teaching outside of that school. Um, I came home and when I began to give uh, what was being said, the rhetoric, you know, uh, let's just say that uh, uh, the manure hit the fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I met your mother and she's quite a 
quite a remarkable lady. And one of the things that you mentioned um, is is that uh, you came home and you reported this stuff, and needless to say, she was not thrilled. But uh, your mother uh, very intelligently uh, started writing down and keeping a catalog of all this information, and over a period of a couple of months, uh, collected a lot of information, and then she got together with some of the other parents, didn't she? Yes, that's true. Uh, I, I shared that story because, of course, uh, 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 the first thing that should have happened because of how I brought it was, uh, as, as I, if you remember, I told you, I saw the belt on the wall. <laughs> you know, and she <laughs> yeah. was looking to tan my little backside, but uh, instead, uh, as you said, got a, a pen and paper and did ask what else, and she did collect and began to fight with other parents who were also very disturbed at what uh, their children were bringing home and uh, eventually did uh, what any uh, common sense, uh, uh, decent American would do, uh, went and confronted uh, Children's Community School and the leadership in regard to what they were teaching. Right, right. And uh, um, like I say, I met your mother, and she is a very remarkable lady. And the fact that she... Uh, got together with those other parents, and um, and they started comparing notes, and uh, they they went to the actual uh, school board, didn't they? And and tried to uh, get things changed. Yep. Yes, they did. And mm -hmm. uh, there were several meetings with uh, uh, Bill Ayers and his uh, staff, uh, and uh, the. Uh, realized that there was uh, not going to be any uh, change in uh, what was being taught uh, by uh, this left-wing school and eventually um, uh, uh, had to part ways. I got taken out of school. Several others did. Some teachers quit uh, that had been a part of it. And uh, uh, that idea that uh, of, of open school, of course, was introduced into the full uh, American curriculum, and right. uh, you know you've seen its uh, its ugly head being uh, wielded uh, all over uh, the public American public school systems. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so. right, right, and they call that uh, um, a a progressive learning system. But in fact, it's uh, uh, straight out of John Dewey, and it's it's been in effect for a long time, but. Uh, it seems like the 60s uh, generated a lot of radicalism that allowed communists to really stand out in the education system. And now go. they virtually control the universities, uh, uh, really. I mean, you know, you, you rarely find a conservative professor in the university system. Agreed. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, Matthew, I'm going to uh, do a quote here, and I want you, I, I know you've heard this quote before, but this is uh, Nikita Khrushchev in 1960, uh, 1959, uh, when he spoke before the UN and he slammed his shoe on the, uh, on the podium, and uh, this is uh, part of the dialogue, this was part of a dialogue he had with the uh, uh, I believe the uh, agriculture secretary at the time, but this was also uh, part of this UN thing. And uh, 
it is, quote, your children's children will live under communism. You Americans are so gullible. No, you won't accept communism outright, but we'll keep feeding you small doses of socialism until you will finally wake up and find that you already have communism. We won't have to fight you. We'll so weaken your economy until you fall like overripe fruit into our hands, unquote. Uh, that's Nikita Khrushchev, 1959. Um, sure. Obviously, he, he, was a for, he was foretelling uh, what you experienced firsthand 10 years later. Um, that's would right. You, would you tell us what happened with uh, Di, Diane Otten and uh, Bill Ayers and uh, uh, how all that uh, uh, education system, how she, how she ended up as a result of uh, following in and, and following his uh, tutelage, let's say? Well, um, as you uh, are aware of, Bill Ayers began to take that uh, very system and uh, with the um, uh, SDS uh, 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 began to, to spread that across the campuses all over the country. The Weatherman Underground came. Uh, Diane Otten herself, who had actually uh, grown up, some might say, a Republican, and her family actually was very conservative in Illinois, had um, become radicalized, and she became, as uh, said, uh, one of the main bomb makers for the Weatherman Underground, and uh, which uh, bombed installations and in, federal installations in New York, Pennsylvania, um, a number of other places across the country. And uh, Diane herself finally uh, met her end in the 1970. Uh, um, uh, bombing where a bomb she was doing actually went off while she was preparing it to explode in New York itself. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, so there, you, you know, when you when you think about all that and uh, just um, how you know people of of a brilliant mind and yet are twisted left of center. Uh, there is never a good ending, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to to uh, radical leftist ideas and communism. And it's mm -hmm. always going to end violently, and that's the problem. Uh, that, uh, you know, mm -hmm. there has not been what I call a real lesson yet about that. And uh, so uh, Bill Ayers, of course, himself was... Uh, sought after for those bombings and uh, uh, eventually uh, because of his uh, father's ties in with GE and the state of Illinois uh, was given a pardon, I believe, by, uh, I think it's Bill Clinton or either either mm -hmm. Carter or Clinton gave him a pardon. And so he never really paid for all the damage he did and, of course, kept his tenure at the University of Chicago and... Uh, has been a, uh, a, uh, a thorn in the side of our great republic ever since, you know. And right. um, uh, so, you know, uh, the, um, you know, the Alton family have never really, <laughs> uh, as I would say, uh, never really 
got justice for how things went down. Well, and, uh, and no, that's just too bad. And Matthew, you mentioned the fact that um, uh, Diane Otten was a really nice lady, and she um, she felt like uh, she and um, Bill Ayer, she she thought that he was going to marry her, and yep. he kind of played on the romantic thing, and they ended up uh, uh, being lovers, and she was always under the impression he was going to marry her, and in fact, yep. you know, he was just using her, right? Yep. He sure was. He, her, and several other, and the lady that he's married to now, uh, uh, was one of uh, three other lovers. So Barris had about four lovers all together during that time, and Diane Otten was the one that got the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. So, well, I'll tell you that is a, a tragic story, but it does uh, also the fact that he was a mentor. And some say was uh, a uh, uh, what do you call it? ghostwriter for uh, uh, President Obama for uh, his his uh, books um, about his father and uh, uh, yep. teachings were actually Bill Ayers it was a ghostwriter on a lot of that and in mm-hmm. fact had a huge and undue influence in some of the education bills that created uh, Common Core. Am, am I off base on that? No, you're not. Not at all. Um, uh, in fact, uh, just going back to one thing, and then we'll go into Common Core just for a second. It's, uh, as most people already know, but I'll just remind them, when Barack Obama was being uh, encouraged to get into politics at the state level in Illinois, uh, Bill Ayers was the first to raise money for him. And so, uh, you know, his his hands were in Barack Obama's back pocket all the way to the presidency. It never, you know, it, it never left. And uh, the subversion of uh, uh, our government today is still there because of what Bill Ayers has done. That's why Barack which himself is a whole other message, but uh, everything in regard to that is uh, because Bill Ayers uh, stepped in. Common mm-hmm. Core, yes, he is one of the main uh, uh, authors of that, uh, uh, as it continues to help dummy down uh, our, what used to be somewhat of a great uh, educational system. Mm-hmm. It's always had its problems, but uh, Common Core uh, just takes it to the next level. Yeah, yeah. Well, my uh, my daughter has uh, my grandson is in uh, school in Ohio, and she told me the other day that uh, he came home and said that the teachers uh, were teaching was teaching a history class said that uh, uh, the Holocaust never happened, and that three. 3,000 Jews were uh, killed in World War II, not 6 million. And uh, needless to say, my daughter was livid, and my daughter is uh, uh, Native American. Uh, And so, uh, you know, we're talking, and this is the thing that uh, really impresses me. Those of us that understand liberty, it doesn't make two hoots what our color or our 
our uh, ethnicity, anything else. It does not matter. We understand what liberty is, and that's how they're trying to pull us apart is by identification of every single difference that we have and then trying to uh, pick on it like a sore. Without question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without question. Okay, well, uh, I don't. We're, we're going to run out of time before we get to cover everything that I'd like to cover. But I'd like to uh, ask you to uh, talk about. Uh, you had mentioned uh, to me anyway that uh, uh, you have had several interruptions. You call them divine interruptions in your life, and uh, the spirituality of that and why that's so important. I would like to ask you to talk about the divine interruption that you had in 2008 that uh, led you to get more involved in the political as well as the spiritual, and kind of explain to our listeners what that was about. Sure. Um, uh, from uh, I'll go back just briefly. From 2005 to 2007, I had been traveling uh, a lot of my ministry in the early days was overseas, and I'd uh, been traveling back overseas and ministering in Europe. And uh, so by 2008, I'd had a number of different meetings in England and France and Switzerland, and I was going to be there actually that 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 whole um, summer uh, ministering during the election process. Um, uh, when when uh, uh, former President Barack Obama had traveled over uh, to Europe during uh, the election cycle. He spoke to crowds of hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, I was in Europe at the time and was getting ready to do a meeting in France. And uh, while I was praying, I uh, felt the Lord kind of tugging on my heart about something and uh the next day had three meetings, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, Sunday afternoon in three different churches in the middle of France. And in the middle of uh, the last sermon, I uh, literally felt uh, uh, God saying to me in my heart that um, while I was preaching <laughs> that America was in trouble and that uh, I really got in my spirit that uh, Barack Obama was going to win and that he was not of the Lord and that America was going down a very nasty and dark path. And uh, while this is all going on, even though I'm speaking, I'm having a heart-to-heart with the creator of the universe. And sometimes people just don't realize God cares so much for America America is really one of the apples of his eye. And so when the Lord said, America's in trouble, I realized, I went, uh-oh, what do you want, Lord? And the Lord said, shut all of your meetings, shut them all down, and go home. Because the, the direction America's going is as France. And France has been atheist for 90, close to 90 years now and communists. And so the moment the Lord said us France, I understood exactly what that meant. Now I'll admit to everyone that's listening, I said, why me? 
Yeah. You know, yeah. you've got tens of thousands of, I'll say it, black ministers. Why are you talking to me about this? And the Lord said, because when I, when I ask you to do something, you do it. And because, <laughs> because you and Barack have something in common, go home. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. So I called uh, my uh, pastor at the time. I was under a ministry in Nebraska and uh, told him that the Lord said, shut every meeting, and that meant a lot of income, <laughs> and, and go back home. So I told them, and they didn't understand, and I ended up uh, coming back. And uh, uh, the next step was when I got on, flown in into American uh, airspace and was landing, uh, the Lord said, I want you to go and not just get involved in politics, but I want you to register as an open Republican conservative because you've been voting conservative, but now it's time for you to be out in the open. And for anyone who knows, for a black person to say that they're a Republican and conservative, that's a death wish. (laughs) You know, especially in the black community. But the Lord said it, I did it. And uh, um, right away, that caused trouble amongst the Christian circles because I started realizing right then and there that uh, a lot of ministers and a lot of God's people were afraid to touch the subject of politics and righteousness in politics and that, uh, yeah, and that we needed to uh, take a stand even if it cost us everything. Mm-hmm. So, Well, and, and, and one of the things that you talk about, Matthew, and uh, it's in your writings, but you and I visited about it too, is this identity politics uh, where people um, are using race or ethnicity or uh, other things to separate people That's right. rather than realizing that uh, our differences, um, unlike the left to preach how our differences are wonderful things and then doing everything they can to separate us, uh, right. Those of us that believe in our constitutional republic understand that our differences are our strength, but the Amen. way that it is our strength is by uh, forgetting our differences, not uh, picking on them and trying to turn them into uh, from a, a scab to a blemish. Uh, and, and tell us about uh, you know the the. Uh, the path that you've been walking because I I find it just absolutely fascinating and some of the things that you've been working on. Well, you know, uh, the, that, uh, if uh, I'll try to be quick, that, that directional change uh, shifted and changed everything. I found that uh, a lot of people that I was under the impression understood about our our great nation, our constitutional republic. uh, I thought that they really had some kind of understanding. I found that most pastors and ministers and others didn't understand. I found that uh, many people had sold out um, um, uh, in regard to uh, taking stances and decisions for righteousness' sake. I found many were were intimidated to speak up 
And when I say intimidated, I mean all different uh, types of ministers, no matter what race, were afraid mm -hmm. to speak the truth and afraid to stand for righteousness. I'm not just talking about biblically, that, that's enough, but just common sense, you know. Right. Um, uh, we're not supposed to be judging, but by the context of character. But, you know, what's being used is, is that people have truly uh, taken on the idea that, you know, uh, it's better to, uh, to identify uh, in ethnicity for the just fair share of money itself and not what's right. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, just no principles, you know, it, it's been quite a, an unusual journey. In fact, uh, my family, I've said this in meetings and political meetings, you know, my family calls me the white sheep of the family, not black sheep. <laughs> or the I love it. You know, yeah. So, well, you know. Don't, don't feel you bad. Know. They call me the black sheep, so. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so us black sheep and white sheep need to hang together. We do. And, you know, <laughs> you know I've had to. To, to separate myself, not because I want to, but I can't sit back and watch people uh, utilize ethnicity mm -hmm. or gender against good, God-fearing, common-sense uh, Americans. I can't do that anymore, you know. Um, and I can't anymore... Uh, uh, not uh, listen to pastors who won't take stances because I do believe, you know, that we're at a crossroads, even though we're blessed with Trump and um, uh, we're blessed that Trump's in and we're blessed that, uh, that what I call, you know, we've been given a reprieve. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these are still the days where people need to be very vigilant and keeping their freedoms and uh, and not, uh, what I say, not relaxing. It's not the time to relax, you know. Um, it's right. the time to step up and be counted more. Uh, you know, you guys, you know, you don't know me, but I count you my brothers more than I do my own family. <laughs> because mm -hmm. right now it's about truth and it's about standing for righteousness. And many of the things that the left is doing and others are around, you know, they're just not standing for what's right. You know, they have a vision of America that's not what our founding fathers had in mind. Right. So, well, uh, you know. You mentioned something that's really important for our listeners, and, of course, you understand this because you understand history. Uh, you understand that really... Uh, Prior to and uh, during and just after the Revolutionary War, um, the black community was very involved in uh, the political process. And in fact, um, you know, the the uh, the concept of, of uh, slavery, even though it got to be a real issue because of um, all the, the uh, problems that uh, came about prior to the Civil War. The fact is, is that most of the founding fathers were very much against slavery, and the okay. only reason that it uh, didn't get dealt with immediately uh, was not because 
they uh, didn't want to deal with it. It was because they wanted to keep the colonies together to unite them as a republic. And they recognized that uh, slavery, if left to die by its own devices, would do exactly that. And, um, you know, so, um, and and one of the things that we've run into with uh, identity politics is, uh, uh, you know, the fact that uh, that is not being taught to our kid, uh, kids in school. They're being taught that our founding fathers were all a bunch of uh, white racists that uh, were more than happy and, and condoned slavery when, in fact, that, that uh that really wasn't the case, right? Well, you know, you know, Christianity and a lot of of, of not just God fearing, but but common sense people drop the ball in in in, in the educational system, and uh, uh, I do say that drop the ball. I'm part of that, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because when we had the opportunity to get our schools in order, we didn't do it. And, uh, you know, with the the real push for revisionist history, that's what you were talking about, your daughter, in regard to your, I believe, granddaughter or grandson mm-hmm. bringing grandson. that mm-hmm. across. And, you know, revisionist history, everything in regard to that is just such, it's a lie. It's not the yeah. truth. Yeah, it's just garbage. And, uh, and, uh, and it's yeah. propaganda. That's it in a nutshell. Um, you know, the other thing that you mentioned is the uh, the fear by the church to deal with a lot of this stuff. We've really come uh, totally 180 degrees away from what the founders envisioned because of 501c3 tax-exempt yep. statuses in the church. And well, I challenge our churches to say, no more. We're not going to allow the IRS to control what we have to say in in the church from the pulpit. Well, there you go. And, uh, you, know, I, uh, you know, I would be brought in as a guest speaker and to different denominations with the eight years in regard to uh, the former president. And uh, I would probably say about the third time I came in, the leadership would come and talk about how we're worried about we're losing our 501.23. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. You yep. know, because I was speaking truth, and remember, anywhere in Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, um, Ohio, uh, which was the former president's backyard, uh, there was a lot of heat in the Midwest in regard to that. And um, uh, that's where I was doing a lot of... Uh, messaging uh, through that area to mm-hmm. get people to rethink. Black churches, white churches, whatever, you know. Uh, years years before I would go and preach, and it was good, but those eight years, I would say, was probably the hardest because you really had an anti-American, an anti-God, anti-Christ president, and mm-hmm. anti-Israel, you know, and mm-hmm. um, anti-common sense. You know, just every area, and mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, I I uh, 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 am looking at now uh, that this is the time uh, while we have a president that um, 
uh, is not a politician, praise the Lord. <laughs> mm. You know, to, you know, to really do something uh, with taking back our nation and um, uh, not letting go of, the, of what I call, uh, you know, the fuel pump as far as trying to, you know, get people back on the right track. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew, I... Uh... I, I think if there were a new Black Robe Regiment, um, you would certainly be one of the leaders of that group, and I uh, very much applaud you in what you're doing. Um, I, because we did have a few uh, delays and a, a few problems getting connected sure. tonight, I would ask if you would be uh, willing to come back uh, and be our guest again at a little later date. I've got... Uh, pretty much sure. booked up through the end of the month, but uh, sure. see if you would come back because I think your message is just absolutely uh, right on the money, spot on the money, and uh, our uh, focus should be more on uh, a revitalization of the, the Christian faith and in the process of revitalizing that, recognizing that our founding fathers had Christianity at the very, very, very center of their system of government, and it was called mm-hmm. natural law. And uh, right. what we what we need to do is have enough time to give you a chance to put some flesh on the bones of that. It's been a fascinating discussion. Um, so if you would, please, and I'll call you after the show, but uh, let's see if we can get another time to get you back on. And uh, with that, I know we're running just a few minutes late already. Uh, Kelby, I will uh, turn the broadcast back over to you, but um, thank our listeners for their patience. And uh, we will have uh, Reverend Matthew Cummings on again uh, in the very near future. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you, sir. God bless. Kelby, I'm turning the show back over to you. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's show with Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. We'll see you next Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific. God bless and good night.